Welcome to IG's Trading the Markets. Today we're joined by Dr. Shaolin Chen, head of international at Crane Shares. Now, uh, Shaolin manages the firm's business outside the United States, but she also has a keen uh, viewpoint and uh, angle on uh, how things are progressing in China. And that's what we're going to start off with because many of our clients like trading luxury stocks, and every luxury stock is related to China's consumption trends. Now, Shaolin, um, a record number of Chinese. Are choosing to travel at home this Golden Week holiday. At least early data suggests boosting domestic consumption. But how about overseas cons- consumption? Surely this will fall. And do you think this trend of uh, having holidays at home for the Chinese will continue or change? Uh, thank you for having me on your channel. Uh, it's a great question. Is a Golden Week happening in China right now? Is also the Mid-autumn festivals, so it's actually two um, celebration of festival happening in the same week. Uh, people clearly chose um, to travel around to take time off. I see a lot of people socialing, you know, post a lot of uh, nice holidays, vacations they were on or they are still on uh, on their social medias, which is encouraging to see. It's, it's good to see people is now back into uh, the pre-pandemic lifestyle of traveling, touristing around. But I agree with you. Uh, the traveling abroad is only just about to take off. It's really just taking off, let's put it that way, for a couple of reasons. One is probably a personal preference. If you had gone through a pandemic, you feel a little bit of a uh, psychologically safer if you stay local and you know the healthcare systems, you know everything. If you are really not feeling well, you could go easily to a system you understand, look after yourself. That's one. Secondly, I think... um is the um, some of the you know most of the Chinese passport will require a visa for you to travel abroad. Uh, give you an example of my dad and my parents both would love to come to UK to visit ours and see their grandchildren, uh, but they couldn't possibly manage their visa appointment just yet. Uh, it would have to wait until another month before they get their appointment to apply for their visa. I think some of the structural. Uh, side of the constraints restricted them to travel abroad, like in a massive scale, like pre-pandemic level. But you clearly see a lot of tourists is coming into. I live in London. Uh, I was traveling in um, different cities for our road show last week. I literally um, lined up in Heathrow, seeing a lot of Asia tourists arrived. I'm pretty sure. Uh, you know, quite a significant number of them are actually from China, given the language they speak. So you will see gradually return of tourists from China come here, come abroad to so other countries in Europe, in US, so on and so forth. Uh, I don't think this will be changing in habits of visiting uh, the cities outside of mainland. It would be just a convenience, a choice. Uh, because of the constraints they have to face and also a bit of uh, they haven't seen their family. Now there's a national holiday, maybe just group with their elderly to stay at local domestically. But I don't think it's a change of the trends. So based on this, Shaolin, where do you think the consumption trends for luxury stocks are, are headed? Many analysts that I've spoken to, I mean, RBC is one of them. Uh, other brokerage is also saying that there could be a luxury uh, consolidation in 2024. And some of them even say that the luxury sector globally is now in the deceleration phase of a luxury super cycle. Do you agree with this or do you disagree? There will be certain, uh, certainly a consolidation of how we spend. 
uh, even ours here in London, isn't it? The pandemic did make at least me, for example, to rethink where I would like to spend my liquidity, my capital, right? Uh, Pre-pandemic, you pretty much have very stable income. You don't foresee a big challenge like we have gone through during pandemic of two through three years time. Um, it definitely changed some way of our spending uh, as a habit or as a style in the household for sure. Uh, will the Asian, particularly Chinese, um, would consume more on the luxury brands? I think the answer would be yes, uh, for a very simple reason is now the Chinese household um, have actually accumulated a lot of wealth. If you look at 2022, even during the peak of pandemic, the Chinese household saved $2.6 trillion in their bank deposit. That's 80% increase from the year prior. Right. So they do have stable income. They do have incomes, but it probably just give them a bit of time to feel more comfortable uh, and relaxed in a way that they feel more comfortable spend. They still love luxury brands, uh, you know, namely appeals, handbags. Um, but I say their preferences in the luxury brands has climbed up from certain watches as a trendy thing to have to more of a luxury brands of more expensive uh, watches and more expensive bags, very hard to get. So they are, not, they are now climbing up on the ladder to say, I want more of, not luxury only, but premium luxury that uh, is very hard to get. So that those are definitely getting more attractions. The other thing is luxury brands used to have a premium, very high premium because of tax reasons. When they sell such things in China, compared to they sell elsewhere in the world because of the import tax. But those has improved materially. The price difference between onshore domestically in China to offshore become less and less. Uh, then therefore, uh, the local people would prefer to shop locally than go abroad to do a shopping uh, vacation. And also some uh, Asian brands, also maybe less known in the international stage, also getting a lot of uh, attraction for the Chinese people. And I would say, Nowadays and these years, a lot of Chinese brands has de developed and built up their quality. It's getting a lot of attractions for the Chinese people. They know the brand locally. They know their needs very, very well. Uh, I was on a panel with uh, Alibaba uh, not long ago. They were telling us they were selling this very, you know, very less known Spanish brand of anti-aging, which aimed for women around probably 50 and above. But when they sell the products in China, they found very surprisingly, most of the customers 25-ish to like even 34, less than 30, 40. They got into the certain of the habits more quickly or preference of local. So they got really surprised with a different customer gap. My point is you have more luxury brands that they prefer get more favored from Chinese customer to get into those. And you have rising stores from local to more suited to the local taste to consume. So Shannon, this is really interesting for all of our clients watching this. Uh, what are these brands that you are talking about that are lesser known? Are they traded? Are they listed? How can investors uh, buy into this enthusiasm uh, for more lesser known brands? And also, if they wanted to stick with the luxury, which would you say were the ones with the best premium sort of luxury um, upper luxury, if you like, uh, and if investors wanted to continue putting money into these names, which would they be? 
I think uh, some of the very famous known the Italian brands and you know French brands of the handbags and clothing, you know, um, I think you know which one I meant. Those are really clearly favor uh, in in Chinese um, customers' uh, taste that they represent for trends. They represent for the luxury made of the fabric, and then the bag is represent a good quality. Very difficult. Do you to mean get. like Hermes? Do you mean Hermes or like can Hermes, you name some names? Yes, MS, Gucci, and Dior is all Chanel. Um, now the Chanel's bag seems very much catching up with the way they sell the bags like MS does. Um, you got to accumulate certain ways that you can only get hold of the bag. Otherwise, the bag is not available. Those are like very top end of luxury brands um, that is publicly traded. But I have to say those brands has a bit of a quick runway when the reopening happened to say that we will expect a revenue pickup. I think they get too ex a little bit too excited ahead of themselves. Now you may see a bit of adjustment, but I think overall, the truth is they love those brands. They will carry on with benefiting from Chinese consumer, the middle class. At the end of the day, you have 870 million people living in city. Out of that, 700 are middle class. Those middle class is our target to see consumer. At CraneShares, we launched a fund called Klux, really to have a whole scale of different brands in it that these 700 million people will buy, okay? I mean, not necessarily always the top end, could be some middle end, could be some lower, that, you know, some some swatch is still the trend for young people. You know, they, they love a, a limited edition with different cartoon characters on top. They love those brands as well, that for their children, they buy one for them. Um, there are certain not public leasing companies, no way you can treat them. Obviously, I gave an example of a Spanish cosmetic company that sell their products on Alibaba. Our indirect play is what are the platforms capable of getting those less known names onto their platform, offer that platform as a marketplace for Chinese consumer to benefit from. That's also why that uh, in um, some of our like uh, uh, KVAP is playing consumption, consumer power in China. KVAP fund has Alibaba in it because that is actually the marketplace for thousands of thousands, not millions of merchants on the platform to sell product to Chinese middle class. Let's go from consumption, Shaolin, now of uh, luxury goods to energy. I mean, we've got OPEC Plus, of course, uh, changing supply and demand dynamics. Uh, we know that Russia is bolstering ties, especially with uh, China. How should investors position themselves for this? It's a very um, tricky one to balance between both, because at the, at the moment, the whole world is aiming to achieve the decarbon goal. But at the same time, we're still in the transitioning period until us get there. So in somehow, during the period of time, we still have to experience that peak and then transitioning down, okay? China aimed to peak at 2030 and then become completely neutral in 2060. That's the goal. So US is 2050, they aim to achieve the carbon uh, completely neutral goal. That doesn't necessarily mean we're going to completely abandon fossil oil, right? Um, uh, it, they have to work. It, it's, it's all together. I saw some headline news in today in the media was saying we need those oil company and the fossil oil heavy energy company to be part of this play for global decarbonization. So I completely agree with that. The energy transition is a crucial, is the key, is everyone towards to achieve that. China as the largest largest uh, CO2 emitter in the world has been very determined and driven to achieve the carbon goal. They have invested almost 500 billion investments every single year. By the way, 
That is each year, one year is the entire six years projection of European Union or US plan to spend. So you can see how China's really remain very committed to invest in those. I think we all need to work together. Like the steel company, for instance, in Europe is very well known, is really heavy industrials and they have advanced their technology to be able to source steel as a green steel. Now, uh, some of the car makers like Volvo would be very happy and they are applying to ask for those uh, products to be used in their car uh, making. So I say, you know, at the end of the day, we got to achieve the carbon goal. This is set for global stage universally. We all have to work together, regardless of your policy or direction. This is the goal of a global stage. And then the key players got to play that part. And as well as the oil or OPEC as a key uh, stakeholder in this entire discussion. We can't exclude them. Are you expecting to see $100 oil before the end of this year? It's a tricky one. It really dep depends on how quickly they want to adjust the supply and demand side uh, from their perspective. Uh, the high oil uh, price is certainly going to create more problem uh, for household, for inflation, for overall. If you look at UK, 80% of our inflation, the component basket of the inflation basket is coming from energy, okay? Household, car maker, all these things. So I do hope certain ways that we could manage overall the inflation of cars, hence the government will have more free hand to look the global decarbonization goal. UK government just announced, or it was in discussion saying, should we push back the electrical vehicle target from 2030 to 2035? Why is that? I really think because of the financial, physical situation, the challenges on their book of saying, look, where's our mortgage rates? No one is buying any housing. No one is borrowing any money. Inflation is high. All those are their immediate problem. That made them wanted to abandon or postpone long-term goals. So I do hope certain key component that feed into all these problems can be a bit more accommodative. Now, Shannon, just before we go, I really want to also quickly touch uh, on something you spoke a great deal about recently at the Korean Shares Investment Summit, and this is about equity inflows um, into China. We've had a lot of mixed economic data, as you know, from the Chinese economy. Uh, equity inflows and outflows also mix depending on who you speak to. Um, you know, some say that uh, we have indeed seen a lot of inflows into China over the last few years, but then we've seen outflows in 2023, according to JP Morgan's numbers. Uh, many argue that the, the, the message, the signals on this still appear quite mixed, despite the growing internationalization of Chinese financial markets. What would you say to this? Um, since the inclusion happened of including Chinese Asia's equity markets to the global indices that happened first step in 2018, Chinese Asia equity actually had positive flows, year over year, net net positive flows year over year. If you say prior to the inclusion all the way to 2022, that's last year, China probably had somewhere around $230 billion inflow across those years, net net. Every year is positive. Okay, even some of the countries in Asia, you would expect have a positive flow, like uh, like uh, uh, India. They actually some years they have negative uh, inflows or outflows. China actually had that period of every year, despite the topical of headline news on China, so on and so forth. Institutional investors has been positioning in, seeing the dip and positioning in strategically as a long term allocation to China. Period. The end. The flows has proved that. 
This year, obviously, people have built up the hope because some fe feared they missed the rally from last year. They need to rush in to position themselves because it's become really a painful trade. Remember last year, the market was really rallied from the relaxation of COVID, you know, strict COVID policy. Market shoot up 50, 60%. A lot of people say, wow, we underweight China massively. That gap really become a very painful trade. If you look at your relative performance, it's going to hurt you. They have to position you in, but slowly, gradually. But obviously, a lot of investors taking the waves of in and out. This year, we have marginally, marginally, you know, our flow, we still have a few months to go. But I still firmly believe with all the policy announced by PBOC and also by the Chinese policymaker on the policy front, on the liquidity front, you actually have a very large scale of stimulus package in the economic today period at the end. We don't feel it, why? Because they did very small tranches and very targeted uh, policies altogether. Investors need a bit of a large scale, I feel big, um, but I would say the liquidity is sufficient in Chinese economy. The policies is very accommodative now. Obviously, investor sentiment only improve if they see improving data. September, you see manufacturing PMI start to pick up. Most of this, even the service PMI start to tick up. I stay firmly believe we will have to watch and see how golden weeks plays out to show if Chinese consumer power stays intact or not. Uh, we do hope for more positive news from the economy as a confirmation from data release in the coming month to show this is actually a year not too bad after, po uh, after pandemic re relaxation of first year. Certainly. Thank you very much. And Singles Day as well, I'm going to add. Uh, Shaolin, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Shaolin is the head of international at Crane Shares. This is IG's Trading the Markets, and I'm Angeline Orr.